Yep, this is us again, 633 Wake Up Podcast, and we are in our season three, which we've called Because I Said So. And today we are still digging into Romans 12, and we're looking at verses 9 and 10 today. This one is a sweet spot, and maybe not so much. I think for me and the journey that I've been on only in the last month or two, it's been a sore spot. So we're going to get into that. Hi, Sharon. Hey, how are you? How's everybody today? I hope that you're ready to dig in and um, learn a little bit. And as we talk about these scriptures um, the way that we're just we're just winging it, you know. It's not been rehearsed. We're talking right from our our feelings and our experiences um, as they are called to our mind. And we hope that the Holy Spirit joins us and uh, gives us good words that will help you as well. Um, and really, feel free to join in. Really participate. You know, think up your own thoughts about these scriptures. Um, and we encourage you to to open your mind to it you know to allow holy spirit to show you something you've never seen before because that's what we're doing right kimberly absolutely so um we're gonna look at romans 12 uh, verses 9 and 10 and as always i'm going to be reading from the new king james version um, and then kimberly will follow with the message bible so In verse 9 and 10, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. And actually, this this week, mine's not too long either. (laughs) That's a change for the message. It It likes to spell things out. It says... Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. You're right. It's very short this week. It is very short this week. But for me, there's a lot in there. And how many times I have heard preachers say, when they've been uh, speaking is that, you know, don't think this is just for you. I had to go through this to give it to you. Right. And for sure, this is what God has been doing in my life as we have been digging into Romans 12. And sometimes that's wonderful. Sometimes that's freeing and brings such growth in your life. But sometimes it's exposing. Convicting. Convicting. Sometimes it makes you feel very, very disciplined. And uh, this scripture, believe it or not, did that for me. But what do you want to talk about this scripture? What, what's on your heart, Sharon? Oh, I get to go first? Or? I'm like, I, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to let you go first. Um. Well, I think the part that stood out to me, and and I just want to say, it's not my first time reading Romans 12, right? 
Um, I've read it a million times probably. But that's the thing about the word, right? It's alive. And every time you read it, you can get something else out of it. Yeah. And so today, what I, what really struck me was in verse 10, where it was talking about um, the brotherly love thing. And, um, and I mean, it makes me think about how do I love others? You know, how do I, because in the Bible, love is an action. And, you know, I, I think about the relationships that I have that are close to me. Because, I mean, as we all know, uh, the people that we're closest to see our truest selves. Yeah. Very often, right? Um, when we're not on our best behavior, right? Um, so what, what, what do my family see in my loving them right what um do my best friends see or or my children see or whatever and a little bit like Kimberly I'm I'm feeling a bit convicted um because you know they're the ones that see me when I'm short of patience they're the ones that see me when you know, I'm frustrated. Or attack you know? the bag of potato chips. <laughs> I just thought of that. <laughs> yeah, they see me being a glutton with a bag of potato chips because that's my weakness, right? I know. Thanks. That's why she's, I brought it up. She's laughing at me now. You can't see her, but <laughs> um, yeah, I have a real thing about potato chips. Lays oh, plain. Lays only. plain, yes. Um, you know, they see those sides of me, and yet at the same time, they see me teaching how to be led by the Holy Spirit, how to live the abundant life, right. how to be disciplined, how to, um, you know, take control of your emotions and take every thought captive to Christ. I teach these things to other people. And yet often in my own life at home, they're seeing me fall short of those things. And they love me and I love them. And so there's a lot of forgiveness goes on and a lot of understanding. But I wonder sometimes my loving them, right, in this brotherly love part, not the love that you feel for your husband, right, but how we feel to other believers. Am I always as generous to other people in my understanding and in my forgiveness and in my uh, compassion and grace as what my family is to me. Does that make sense? Like, I think I kind of rambled around my point. But, you know, sometimes I wonder yeah. how good I am at loving other people. Yeah, I get it. Right? So, I mean, that's the part that scripts, of this scripture that really kind of tagged me today when the message bible says um practice playing second fiddle Mm. um that really reminds me of the journey that i've been on in my own marriage and um you know it's not natural behavior for me to practice second fiddle with anybody (laughs) and it's you know, if, if, if you are listening and you are a wife 
and you have not for some reason haven't read first uh, Peter chapter three about how to be a wife, maybe you don't want to <laughs> because I avoided that that spot for a long time, uh, but I stuck your face in it for yes, a long time you did. but for for a quick example on that. If my husband and I were sitting in our living room watching a television and he's, you know, and he's going to get up and get a snack, he would get up and go to the kitchen. And almost always when he's in there, I'm getting something. Do you want something? And I could say so. And he would bring it to me. But now I'm going to tell you. True confession. True confession. I struggle with that. Not because he waits on me, because he has a gift of hospitality. And he um, he's very sweet that way. Where if I got up and got a snack, I'm going to get myself a snack. And I am going to come back and I am getting <laughs> going to sit on the couch. And I'm going to sit with my Lay's potato chips. Mm-hmm. And my husband's going to say to me, well, you didn't think of me. And the truth is, I didn't. Never crossed my mind. Right. Do I love my husband any less? No. But it is something that I have to practice playing second fiddle. I have to intentionally set that up in my life because it's not one of my gifts. And just because it isn't one of my gifts doesn't mean I have an excuse to not practice it. Right. It's just not natural. Mm-hmm. Um, but the part that got me in this scripture, in the Message Bible, it says, um, sorry, it says, don't fake it. Um, it says, be good friends. No, no. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Now, I've been in a a time in my life where through our wonderful COVID season and a few different things, I mean, I have four generations living in my home from the ages of three to 75. And there is uh, lots of opportunities to practice playing second fiddle. And there are lots of opportunities um, to love others. But... This last couple of weeks, God has really um, had me in the hot seat because of this thing called hypocrisy. What is a hypocrite? What is a hypocrite? Sharon, I haven't done this right now, but will you please use your phone and look up the definition in a dictionary? Because that's what I'd like to do, is what is you know, Miriam's or Webster's dictionary really say that a hypocrite is. Because there's been many times in my home that on the, I have bit my tongue and I have not spoken the harsh words or the pain or the yelling and screaming that on the inside of me, I really, really want to do. And I was honestly pleased with myself because I haven't been doing that. I've come a long way in exercising self-discipline and self-control because I'm not acting what I'm really feeling. 
But then God calls me on the carpet and says, but that's being a hypocrite. Because on the inside of me, I'm still angry. Mm. On the inside of me, I'm still hurt or I'm still um, judgmental about how something was done or perfection. You know, all these tendencies that I've he spent years transforming. And now listen to my heart, people. I'm not calling you all on the heart carpet that you're hypocrites. Unless you are. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm Unless really, you I'm, are. I'm, this is striking me, what I'm hearing you say. Unless I am. Because right? God has the inside of us, the motives and the intents and the truth of who we are. We are so naked and exposed before him. We might be tricking the people in our home. You said, you know, what do they see how you're acting? I'm not too bad with that. You know, I I would give myself maybe a 70% compared to where I was. But on the inside of me, ah, ah, God is saying, you know, you still got to come up because you wouldn't feel that way at all if you practice love and second fiddle and forgiveness. You know, that's hypocrisy. When we are faking what we're feeling to what we're doing and what we're saying, how we're acting and reacting, is that not hypocrisy? That's what God's been telling me in the last weeks. Sharon, what does the dictionary say? So the dictionary says that a hypocrite is a person who claims or pretends to have certain beliefs about what is right, but who behaves in a way that disagrees with those beliefs. So is so, what I'm saying that? I think it is in a way in that God sees everything, not just what we do with our behavior right as in all things god looks at what's happening on the inside of us not just the outside of us and so people around us you know they can see us behaving um in in um in a way that we say we believe right but what you're talking about is what's going on inside yeah the opposite of what most of us look as hypocrites you know, we we act outside of our house often what we personify or declare as Christian behavior. Right. But what we act inside is often the opposite, right? The right. people closest to you. But I'm saying now when you get that behavior, even on the inside of your home and your family and the people are closest to you, your behavior is is acting like a Christian. But on your inside deeper... In your heart, that crap is still there. That's right. So, I mean, I think it does really fit that description of hypocrite. Because it's acting in a way that you're not actually feeling. Right? How many of us have have met somebody that you come away and you think, well, they're really fake. Yes. Right? Um, not me. I'm a good Christian. I would never think that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. but you know, it's it's you can just tell sometimes when people are putting on a front or putting on a face. You know, they're insincere or they're condescending and, you know. And really that's what we're talking about 
is that we learn to behave the right way on the outside, but our inside hasn't conformed with those things that we say we believe. And so, in essence, I think, even though nobody else knows, God sees us as a hypocrite. That's right. To a certain extent. Like, I mean, not in a, you know, he's not going to strike you dead or nothing, but he will work on that. Yeah. As he is with you, apparently. And thanks, because probably now he will with me, too. And <laughs> I hope he does with some listeners. Yes. Because, you know, remember when we did the the um, episode a few weeks ago about the transformation and how sometimes we tend to fall from the sky and quit flying and we'll go down to that worm mentality and crawl on the ground. And if we're not careful before the Lord, walking in the spirit and allowing him to show us why we're crawling and not flying, then it's not a nice feeling to be a hypocrite. It's not a nice... Mm-mm. There's so much freedom when you are actually free of judging others. There's so much freedom there when it's on the inside of you that you actually love people. You're not yeah. pretending to love people. There's so much freedom with the heart change. Sharon, remember how many times around our table have we said, well, I know that in my head, but it's not in my heart yet. Right. It hasn't gone down to my heart, right? I used to say. Yeah. And, that's, and that is another step of this hypocrisy that God has me on his pottery wheel again. Right. Well, it just reminded me of this other scripture. And oftentimes when we look at one scripture, other scriptures will be brought to our mind. And in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, Mm. for everything you do flows from it. Right? And that Mm. kind of popped in my my head because if we are not transformed on the inside completely, it's going to show. Eventually, with somebody. It's going to come out. So, I mean, we can think that we're not acting it out on the outside but if we're feeling it still on the inside somebody's bound to see it because it's a big big job to keep all that inside right maybe we're blinded to our behavior but the scripture says from our heart right is where all of all the outside things come from yeah right so now i think we need to maybe mention not mention let's discuss a little bit How do we, what do we do about this? Well, first, I got to throw in a vision. Okay, tell us your vision. (laughs) And um, this is stinking thinking. Because that's what, what happens on the inside of us when I am having stinking thinking about how my husband really behaved or my children or my next door neighbor or my boss or the, you know, person who stole my parking spot at Walmart, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm having that stinking thinking about people, not only does God see it, but here's the vision. I saw a person 
stinking thinking has a stench of death. Mm-hmm. And the enemy comes like vultures and picks at that stinking thinking, at that death. So when we also walk in the aroma of Christ, and this is in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I believe it is, that we walk in the aroma of Christ. So here's my vision. I'm walking through the forest and there is this creature trying to get at me, but he can't get to me. He keeps popping out from different trees and rocks and stuff, but he can't even get close to me because of the aroma of Christ. But then you flip the vision and there is uh, someone who is very judgmental and offended, walking in offense and hurt and angry and short patience. And, you know, they can be all pretty on the outside, but that stuff on the inside creates a stench that actually attracts the enemy to your life to pick at it, to make those things worse. So if you struggle in those areas, the vultures of the enemy crowd in on you, is how the vision went, to create scenarios to make it worse, to make you more judgmental. That will manifest those negative emotions. It's like, oh, wow, she gets offended? Let's throw some offense from that person and that person and, you Mm -hmm. know, and stuff begins to attract in your life. And we've heard of this, you know, uh, positive thinking, Mm -hmm. uh, law of attraction. Yeah. You know, I'm always saying to the people I talk with is that, you know, whatever the enemy is using, you have to realize that he's not a creator. He stole it all from God's kingdom. So there's a lot of truth in the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of truth in the power of positive thinking. Because when you dig into the word of God and in the kingdom, that's part of what we have. Now, what the enemy wants to do is leave Christ out and try to get people to practice it through his kingdom. Right. And So God is just calling believers, I believe more so than ever, that God is calling believers to not be fake. We have to make sure that we're in relationship, not religion, and that we're standing on this truth, and that we, our lives don't empower or attract the enemy to come against us with hypocrisy. So I just want to say right now that um, any of our listeners right now that are feeling uh, this resonate with you, you know, if this is ringing some bells, um, then I, I really encourage you to get before God because this is, um, this is kind of how God works at changing us. Right, He brings things in front of us that are going to point to what he wants you to work on. And so maybe hearing this podcast today is what God's going to use to point you towards those stinking thinking thoughts. Right? 
So my next question, if we're going to abhor evil and cling to what is good, how do we change that? So I just want to say, Kimberly, you started this. <laughs> um, clearly God has convicted you of these types of thoughts, right? And wants you to do something about it. So what's the something? So what's the something that you are planning to do to deal with that, to, to work with that? Hey, listeners, did you just hear her put on her coach hat? <laughs> it's in me. That's all I can I say. I did. I did. I did. So it's like God, God should, exposes a lie and then he brings the truth and then he brings he, your coach. Then he brings your coach. <laughs> or he says, now I want you to put action to it. That's right. I want you to put, you know, it's like last episode, Sharon said, God will give you peanut butter and God will give you bread and he'll even give you a knife, but you have to make the sandwich. Right. Or right. you'll starve. That's right. And I have said in a previous episode that the, the word says that God gives us the desires of our heart. So for me, that's the first step. Is what? Spell that out for us. I, I'm going to. So <laughs> when God shows you the lie, whatever it is, and that's how we even got to salvation. The lie was we thought we were okay without it, right? And I, so, so I have to take what he has exposed to me that, hey, wait a minute, Kimberly, you're still feeling offended. And then I'm like, yeah, I have a right to be, <laughs> you know, that was not nice what, what he did, right? It's like, I asked him to do one thing. Couldn't he do one thing? I am so busy. He could, all I asked him was one thing and he didn't do it. So How many of us argue with God? Sorry, I, this is me. I do this all the time. I try and prove, make my point to God right. when he corrects me. I know. It's right. like, I have a right, God. <laughs> right? No, we don't. We don't. Because it's like we talked about in that last episode. We have to submit to the head. It doesn't matter what I believe. If it's against what his truth is, then I'm wrong. Don't get a say. Don't get a say. It's all because he said so. That's right. So, do you know, Sharon, that if you are dead, you can't be offended? Yeah. Do you know that if, if you were dead laying on that floor, I could kick you? I could step on you? I could spit on you? I could say numerous, absolutely horrible things to you, and you will not be offended. And you won't be hurt. You won't And you be. won't become angry. Nope. You won't feel rejection. Nope. So here's the bottom line. Have I submitted to the head? Die to yourself. Die to yourself daily and live for him. So this is part of the journey that I've been on. So then what do I have to do? This is the part where I have to take the peanut butter. Or I have to take the bread out of the bag. Maybe one or the two, right? But I got to tell you, that doesn't feel good either because I have to go to my husband and I have to ask his forgiveness. What? Eco. What do you mean, God? He didn't do what I asked him to do. Why do I have to ask for forgiveness? Well, it's because 
you didn't do what you I you know were supposed I to do. That's right. I have to dig out the gold in my husband. I have to love him. I have to be Jesus to him, regardless of what his part is. The Bible never says to love your husband if he treats you right. You love your husband if he, you know, took out the garbage. Love your husband if he speaks kindly to you. No, I'm sorry, listeners. It only says that you're to love your husband. So, okay, I didn't do my part. So I accept the truth. I see what I've done wrong. I repent. I go ask for forgiveness. And I love him. And I pray then, God, help me to see my husband as you see him. Help me to be the wife that he needs me to be. Help me to fulfill the desires of your heart. See, God will give me the desires of my heart when they are his heart. Right. And that is taking the peanut butter and the bread and the knife and I made the sandwich and my husband had comfort food. Yeah. So I think that... um I think you've really hit on something is that we have to take responsibility yuck for what God calls us on the carpet to do. Yes. It's not about what your husband did. No. It's about what you did or didn't do that God says we have to do. And we're each responsible to God for our own behavior. So yes, you need to acknowledge where you've gone wrong. You need to repent, and I think that's a big part. Does everybody even know what repent means it means to tell god you're sorry but then turn away from that behavior that's right right and you can't do that without the help of the holy spirit to run from evil and cling to good that's right that's what it said in the message bible that we just read right? right that abhor from evil yeah and that's what you have to do you have to repent then you have to take the step of putting into practice the behavior god wants you to do which yes. you touched on Yes. Right? One of the things that I'd like to add to what you said, though, is we need to follow that scripture that says, take every thought captive to the obedience, to the of, obedience Christ. of Christ. Right? We have control over our thoughts. It's a radical statement for a lot of people. But we can control our thoughts. The Bible says we can control our thoughts because it says take them captive to the obedience of Christ. So then every time you feel offended, okay, As I say, whoa, God, whoa, 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 Kimberly, whoa, whoa. you're dead. That's right. Don't be I offended. am not thinking that, right? Or feelings. We also have control over our feelings. Yes. Right? So you're going to catch that thought and say, wait, what's the truth? That's I'm right. dead in Christ, right? It's not, a, it's not about me. I'm going to practice playing second fiddle. I'm going to love unconditionally. I'm not going to accept offense. Yeah. Right? So I think that's an important part to what we've been talking about today. Right? So when we go back to love without hypocrisy. Right? What's on the inside? Don't fake it. It's about what's on the inside. That's right. We can go out and do all kinds of good for people, and that looks like brotherly love, but what's going on in the inside? It's like everything else. God looks at our heart. Amen. Right? So 
today, I'd, I really, you know, I hope that you have gotten something out of this because I think we touched on something really big. Yeah. And I wish we had longer. I could talk for a long time about this. I didn't actually have to share very much today. So that was kind of beneficial for me too. I'm the naked one today. (laughs) But today we just want to encourage you to look at your heart. You know, do a moral personal inventory. Get before God and say to him, you know, am I being a hypocrite on the inside? Search my heart. Show me if there's any wicked way in me. Exactly. David's words, right? And and just let him show you. And then take those steps. Take those steps. Acknowledge what he shows you. Repent and ask forgiveness. Take control over your thoughts and feelings. Yes. And line them up with God. Amen. Right? So, there we are. So your challenge this week, ask yourself, is your heart a hypocrite? No one wants to be seen as a hypocrite, but what's going on inside? So until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.